Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away from Death Stars to Home One. We've got you covered. Uh, my name is Justin. I'm one of your hosts here on The Orb. Uh, joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh, and I, I'm going, going back, back to Tatooine. Tatooine doesn't work <laughs> as well as I thought it would in my head, but here we are. Uh, this Big Papa, I am not... <laughs> well, <laughs> you you set such a high bar to begin with. Who could live up to that standard? Uh, this is Kyle, and you know me. I just always looking for another trip back to Tatooine. If you got to choose a planet, you got to choose Tatooine. I live out there, so don't go there. <laughs> it's hot out there. <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> um, yeah, we are uh, we are here talking Book of Boba Fett episode one today. Uh, dropped on Wednesday. Uh, of last week we've got episode two coming up wednesday of this week uh we've got a little bit of news to kind of cover we had uh just kind of two things really it's it's been kind of slow since the holidays but um we do have a high republic release that drops uh, tomorrow actually on january 4th uh, fallen star by claudia gray probably today when you're hearing out. this yeah yeah go get it pick it up read it love it uh, we love some High Republic around here. It's always good. It. Yep. And I know why, why man? Republic. 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 Yeah, Just we, we do excited. enjoy the High Republic there. Yeah. That was a mashup. I <laughs> um, uh, love the High Republic. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we had a casting, a little bit of casting news for Star Wars Acolyte. Uh, they cast Amandala Stenberg who is from Hunger Games, I believe, as was the lead character in that? No, she played Rue. No, 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 no. I mean in Acolyte. She's the lead character Uh, in Acolyte. Maybe? Is that right? I don't Uh, know. Question mark. I'm not sure. Question mark. I'm not sure. But that's about the only news we've had, really, from Acolyte. There's not been a ton on it yet. So It does say in the uh, lead role. Yes. Okay. 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 So that's that's good. That's big. Um, We've got a main character then, which is good huge yeah. uh we got another little thing that we got to talk about which we love to do every week guys these numbers are s- looking small now <laughs> it's getting tight people <laughs> 20 weeks plane tickets. Everybody them plane tickets. 20 I'm weeks so excited. not loving those covid numbers <laughs> as we're getting like <laughs> down to the wire here yeah it's um you know, we uh, from work, we, we actually got bumped to back to work from home for at least the next three weeks. So that'll be interesting. I really yeah. don't see that changing before February 1st at all. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed uh, that something happens and we can make some things work because uh, I really want to go to celebration. Uh, I know we got 20 weeks. It's coming up. Still not a lot of news no, out much. there on it. No, No light, no... There was the one thing uh, a week or two ago about you could maybe uh, try to sign up to volunteer to work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
maybe like some cosplay contests. There was a few things you could register for. Uh, Yeah, fan panels, things like that. Um, Nothing that we really were going to sign up for. So that's probably why I can't remember it. But yeah, (laughs) other than that, there's been nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been pretty quiet. Although when we look at, like we've said before, when we look at the timelines that ReadPop has set for New York Comic Con and Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, um, I'm not actually sure what the timelines were for Emerald City Comic Con that they also run. Um, but they've been, we're not within the window of announcements yet. Um, if we look at what they've done in this, you know, COVID timeline. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good then. So there's hope. Josh is giving the people hope. Rebellions are built on hope. <sighs> you beat yeah. me to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, uh, but we're looking at right around five months now, right? That's like, <sighs> we've been doing this countdown oh for gosh. so long. It's like, right. It's, we're right on the, on the precipice. It feels like we're into the same year. Yeah. As the event it's now. this year unbelievable <laughs> it's this Whoa. year not next year anymore this year you know um speaking of that um th- just thinking about how long we've been counting down we passed a milestone and never acknowledged it because we don't number our episodes anymore but this is actually the 113th episode so we we crossed 100 episodes 12 episodes ago Holy cow, man. It was the, I think, I'm almost positive it was the last Bad Batch episode, was our well, 100th episode. Uh, we're humble, guys. You know, we just, we don't need to grandstand, don't need to make a big deal. Just I put my here, pants on one leg at a time. Just when I do it, I make gold record gold podcasts. Record. <laughs> uh, just out here accomplishing milestones <laughs> to no fanfare, because that's how we do it. Oh, and because it, we weren't that, keeping that close a track of it. In ten, <laughs> in ten episodes from now, mm-hmm. no, eleven, I will tie the longest podcast I've ever been on before this one. Oh, you know we got to break that wow. streak. So one twenty-five will break it. Well, well, you know what, Josh? I break my record every week because <laughs> I was mm-hmm. not on any other podcast. Ah, same. So beat that old school <laughs> podcaster going. I was doing the math today for something else, and I've done over 600 episodes over. Oh, what a nerd! Projects, yeah. This guy, this guy's killing it, and he's cutting records over here, playing in bands. He's moving up in the world, man. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna forget the little little people here in a little bit. Better not. <laughs> he's gonna be playing in like in like Sault Ste. Marie, and he's gonna be like, "We love you. Go check out ORB podcast." <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be like Thanks, Sault Ste. Marie. That, that was your. <laughs> that was your place. that was my go. Was my. <laughs> I hope I'm not playing well, the I... UP anytime soon. <laughs> hey, if either one of you strike it big, I'm expecting a cushy job as like a driver, um, quote security, something Send me like that. You know? Yeah. Oh, Here we go. Hey, resume. I have a driver's a... license. I don't know. You have a I'm just license? trying to get a non-speaking role in one of these Star Wars shows at some point, like in a costume, and I'd be happy with that. Could I just be in the cantina somewhere ah, in a costume, and I'd be I'll hold I'd be a boom mic in. I, I don't even care. I'll put on the pink shorts and everything. I don't uh, yeah. Any, oh, anything yeah. you boom, got for boom me, boom mic guy. Yeah. And then you can yeah. milk it for two years and go to every back alley, small <laughs> nowhere con, and there you go. <laughs> just me not from, to. Uh, this <laughs> role like, from uh, Mandalorian season four. <laughs> Yep. 
Hey, I don't care, man. I'd be like, that's me I'm in that back corner anyone. over there. Yeah, I know. Hey, I, you know, I saw Rex. He was working the cantina in uh, this episode of, of Boba Fett. I don't know if you guys caught him or not. Wait, what? Who? DJ DJ Rex? Oh, oh yeah, DJ Rex. Okay, I thought you were <laughs> no, talking about Captain Rex, Rex, and I'm like, Justin, yeah, I'm specify. pretty sure no, I didn't no, no. miss that. DJ yeah. Rex was <laughs> okay. working the uh, oh, yeah. was working the craps table over there or something. He's got another job. Hey, man, all these all droids got to uh, make a living, man. Yeah, all these Star Tours pilots out of work and having to go find other jobs because mm. I don't know if you guys have been on Star Tours, but that is a hot mess. They take you through some of the worst places to go. Makes me a little nauseous, frankly. Star Tours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why? Why are they flying you through the middle of a battle? No and well, stuff yeah, like that seems like the worst route to take. Trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are here to talk today about the Book of Boba Fett, Episode One: Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, it was written by John Favreau. Director was Robert Rodriguez. Uh, we had cast guest appearances by Matt Berry uh, of. Uh, he was what UK UK two B, um, and then we had Jennifer Beals, who was Garza Whip. She's the uh, uh, madam of the cantina, right? Yep. And then uh, David Pasquizi is Mock Shays's major domo. Didn't even get a name. Uh, not even in the credits. <laughs> not in, no, no. They didn't even bother to write a name, let alone say nope. it. Just his major domo. That's it. Um, and then Robert Rodriguez was actually Doc Strassi, the um, the uh, the Trandoshan. What's his name? The Trandoshan. And then uh, Wesley Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel's kid oh, how about is that? Uh, was the Tuscan kid. All right, if Jimmy Kimmel's kid can get on well, Star Wars, I feel like I could Justin, get there. It right? goes to show you, it's all about who you know. Who does Dang, who does your dad man. know? <laughs> man, yeah, not, not anybody famous. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, most of them well known. I mean, Jennifer Beals, David Pasquizi, working actors have been in a ton of stuff. Um, Robert Robert Rodriguez. Obviously, I like how the directors um, here on on the live action Star Wars shows are finding ways to work themselves into the cast. Hundred percent respect. I would do the exact same thing given the opportunity. Oh heck yeah! Oh heck yeah! Can't wait to get that figure. Did you guys hear about the uh, controversy with the, with the droid? With the UK2B? Yeah, the, I guess sources online are saying it's UK2B, but the um, subtitle said 8D8. I thought it was 8D8 because I just went straight from that, which is 8D8 is the droid of the same model. Uh, yeah. You know, torturing dro- other droids in yeah, Return of the Jedi. That's who I thought it was, too. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I think it was, but it's written like different in two different places, right? I believe. I thought it was. Um, sure. But Matt Barry. Yeah. Matt Barry's from. Um, uh, what we do in the shadows. What, uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. So he's, Jackie Daytona. He probably wouldn't. <laughs> he probably normal human. I mean, you had to listen very carefully to get that voice, but yeah. Um, well, it's just so off. Good- I heard it, and I was like. What do, what do I, what is this? What do I know this from? But it's got it had that little like droid uh, twang to it, so I didn't recognize it at first. And then when I saw the yeah. credits, I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah, and I'm uh, it, it was uh, so it's a, a good cast, a good strong cast to start with on the show. I don't, you know, nobody like oh here comes Mark Hamill or like a huge no, name no. thrown out there, but a good strong cast to start the show. Um, I think we have you know we got a long way to go before we see 
maybe some surprise guests pop in here, which could be really, really interesting. But um, before we dive into the synopsis for this episode, I just had to I had to bring this up because it was kind of relevant to uh, to this episode. The gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit, and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Okay, this is and exactly... Re- and we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Then, do a hard... <laughs> I'm so glad that you did that not put that in the notes. Oh, man. Pat, <laughs> was Pat and Oswald this, filibustering this the, yep. uh, the Pawnee town hall meeting or whatever it was there. <laughs> Classic. Oh, you yeah. love it. <laughs> and that's how we bring Star Wars into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I told uh, Josh before we got started that I had a little su- fun surprise audio for you I guys. So thought you'd appreciate it. But yeah, Kyle, hit us with the uh, synopsis of uh, okay. the first episode of Book of Boba Fett. So this episode is set uh, kind of in two different timelines. We've got what would be the current time, which is uh, in color, like in the more high key coloring, and then a bunch of flashbacks that are kind of washed out. Uh, But in the flashbacks, we see Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc, like you just said, which was awesome. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to that, myself included. Um, and as soon as he gets out, he's baking in the twin suns and he gets stripped of his armor by a bunch of Jawas and they just leave him for dead, but he's saved by a tribe of Tuscans. Uh, they give him a little squirt of bug juice. It looks like, or worm juice or something in his mouth. And he perks up and, and they drag him across the sand and, uh, he looks like they keep him as like a slave, at least a prisoner, but. They give him a job, so, you know, do with that Mm -hmm. what you will. Um, But over time, it seems like he builds his strength up, and he kind of earns their respect. And that's what we see in the flashbacks. And then in the current timeline, we see him starting out in the back to tank. uh, They called it something else. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but he he says, get me back to the back to something, not tank, but whatever. He's in his little back to situation. Uh, still mm-hmm. recovering from the Sarlacc and being out in the elements for however long and whatever. Uh, but he gets roused from that early by Fennec, who says, you know, the people are here to see him. Um, so he goes and sits on on Jabba's, formerly Jabba's throne, and, and uh, gets all these influencers from the town to come kind of pay homage mm-hmm. to him. And... Uh, Mostly it goes pretty smoothly, and then there's a little uncomfortable exchange with the mayor didn't even show up. He sent his major domo, and there's a little miscommunication there. Uh, he passes judgment on a couple of Gamorrean guards that used to work for Jabba and then Bib. <clears throat> and then he sets out into Mos, Mos Espa and, and uh, visits the cantina. He gets received there by his people, gets paid off, and then... As he's leaving, gets jumped by a bunch of people armed with plasma spikes and energy shields. Mm-hmm. Presumably, they were sent by the mayor, but that's still to be confirmed. And they go to basically catch one of them. I think they do. They yeah, they fend them off, and they a couple of them one. go to escape. and And he says, "Keep one of them alive." Mm-hmm. Because obviously they mm-hmm. got to see what's going on. Who's out to get them? They got questions. Yeah. 
Um, I do have uh, a little bit of audio with the uh, the Boba and, and Fennec greeting the guests, welcoming them, basically saying, "Hey, you're the new crime boss here. Welcome." And this is uh, this was the first encounter actually with uh, uh, what was it, the Aqualish? I think Aqualish in the money. first. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch any of that? Something about I couldn't friendship? understand him. No, no protocol droid. We really need a protocol droid. Presenting Doc Strassi, leader of the Trandoshan family, protectors of the city center and its business territories. That's weird. I used to work for him. It's even weirder for him. And that was that was the intro to Doc Strassi, mm-hmm. and that was um, Matt. That was uh, Matt Barry. Did you guys notice so. what um, Doc Strassi, the um, uh, the Trandoshan, was giving to? Boba Fett. The Wookiee pelt, yeah, Wookiee pelt, yeah. mm-hmm. Wookiee pelt. Because they, he knew his audience. they hunt, uh, they hunt Wookies. That's what they're trying to. He knew his audience, for. man. Yeah, yep. he knew uh, Boba. Probably Boba had because he used to work for him, so he probably knew Boba had the Wookiee yep. braids on his armor. And Wookiee, so, and Wookiee, and Boba just made reference to that in the uh, War of the Bounty Hunters comics. He said when he and and um, Chewbacca are getting in a fight. At the Crimson Dawn, I guess that'd be like an auction. Uh, he he says mm. something to him about having the the Wookiee pelts or Wookiee scalps or whatever he says there. Mm-hmm. This is uh this is a little bit of the dialogue with the uh with Doc Strassi, Robert Rodriguez, uh, in the Trandoshan. Presenting Doc Strassi, leader of the Trandoshan family, protectors of the city center and its business. Good long intro for him. That's weird. I used to work for him. It's even weirder for him. Mm-hmm. That's true. A thousand tidings to the new daimyo. It's an honor to be welcomed to Mos Espa by you, Doc Strassi. <laughs> this is great. May you never leave Mos Espa. Even when a trend ocean pays you a compliment, it sounds like a threat. That's true. They wrong. just do it's not, not sound nice. No, no. Do not sound nice. Even Master Skier in the audiobooks does not sound very friendly, and he's like a Jedi. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I would counter that he's not very friendly. <laughs> well, yeah, fair. He's grumpy. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say I think uh, Mr. Rodriguez needs to work on his elongated. S's. He's not pulling like, it off enough for you. Sespa should have been should have been <laughs> He's more. Got to really lay it on. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be sure to send him that feedback, Josh. We'll, okay. Maybe we'll right maybe <laughs> Doc Strassi, because he's like an ambassador for the Trandoshans, is trying to hide his Trandoshan accent. Ah. Uh, oh. While bringing a Wookie pelt. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't think he gives a. <laughs> sh- <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna present you the biggest stereotype about my people, but don't worry, I'm not gonna use too many S's. I'm not gonna speak like a snake, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. So, and then the third the third guy that comes up after the Trandoshan is this this uh, mayor's major domo. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I really kind of just wanted to punch this guy in the face. He sounded like. Colin Wilson or something to me. Like, he sounds no, sound like Will Forte. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. 
I looked like, down at my phone and I thought it was Will Forte, and then I looked up and I was like, "Oh no, not Will Forte!" But man, don't don't and, and, and no, no, like David Pesquise played it great. Like, and he is a comedian, and he's played a lot of comedic roles. But um, it, it was just he had all the hand motions and like trying to be so it was cordial. Like a, and, if you if uh, there was a Saturday Night yes. Live skit with a Twi'lek, he'd be like. <laughs> That's exactly how it would have gone. Like, yeah, exactly. see, I don't know. The thing is, uh, uh so, so the email comedians. misinterpreted it was, uh, I came, yeah. not the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like understandable, understandable. And he's just trying to not get killed, right? At this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was his tribute? Uh, his heartfelt apologies. Yeah. <laughs> like doing the hand yeah. motion <laughs> after a while i was just like i really want to punch this guy in the face but um it, when he's getting ready to leave they finally say all right well here's here's what's going to happen we're going to let you leave with your life tell the mayor you know we're well, here the mayor so when, the mayor asked boba fett for tribute that's yeah, the thing this, is yeah is, but he's sitting there accepting all the gifts and the mayor wanted a gift from him we got a, a bit of a power struggle mm-hmm. yeah and here's here's what he says perhaps another time Next. Actually, there is one other matter, if I may. <laughs> so polite. What is it? The matter of tribute. Wait, what? I'm confused. <laughs> he wants you to pay him. What? I'm the crime lord. He's supposed to pay me. <laughs> Not I wrong. Come? He works for the mayor. Is that a no? That's a no. She's bummed. You can just tell her. Lord Fett offers the gift of your leave unmolested. Hmm. (laughs) Apologies and appreciation. The mayor may take it differently, but I shall indeed convey your sentiment. Here's a little foreshadowing. I would not be surprised if you receive another delegation in the near future. Keep an eye on that one. I keep an eye on everyone. Uh, not confirmed, but the based on what we saw in the trailer, the mayor is the Ithorian that we saw in the trailer. Because if you, in yeah. that scene where they show him, um, the major domo is standing right at his side. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, and apparently the Ithorian is also voiced by uh, Robert Rodriguez. Um, Man. Hogging all the roles. I don't know. See, yeah. just give me one. Like, it's yeah. fine. I could do a trend ocean for three lines. Come on, man. How are your S's? It's very good. B plus. No. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> it's workable. <laughs> I'll take it. Workable. A little, a little training that was just yeah. top. Yeah, top that of was the head there. what the director's right. for yeah. is to get you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was him trying to base. That was Boba Fett basically trying to be a crime boss and you know get his tributes. You know, just trying to do his thing. And uh, he gets a little confused by this mayor. But that foreshadowing by the major domo, uh, I would not be surprised if you meet another delegation. Which uh, later on in the episode, when they get jumped by. Uh, the guys with the shields and the sticks. I think that's uh, we we all agree. I think that's part of the mayor's group, and he's there to basically show Boba who's boss. I would say, yeah, yeah, I agree that I, or that 
that's at least what we're intended to believe, I think. Yeah. But uh, I, I also bit- think that um, more than Boba Fett wants to be like a crime ba- boss, bleh, crime boss, I think he I think he wants to just retire. You know, I think he wants to yeah. be set somewhere, have a steady income that he doesn't really have to worry about. I don't think he wants to be like traveling the galaxy and fighting for his dinner every night. I think he's ready to like kind of live a little more stable life, you know, here in Jabba's palace, sitting on the throne. He's tired of being number two, ready to be number one. Who does number two work for? <laughs> That's it. Bear oh down. Show that turd to his boss. Oh my, uh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I ever felt like Boba Fett was like anybody's right hand man. He was like a subcontractor who was working for himself, gun. but just mm-hmm. like he was always on on to the next job. You know, there he had no home. He had no. You know, his home was Slave One, and wherever his next place was, you know. Yeah, his home was yeah. Boba Fett's starship, the Fire Spray Thirty One uh, ship. Precisely. Yes. Yeah. There you go. He was always getting orders, I think, from other people, though, and I think that's the thing now is he is ready to dole out I'm orders on boss. his own. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the speaking of a home, I think obviously he likes Jabba's palace. Otherwise, he wouldn't have returned there, right? That's it. Like. Yeah, you you went straight there. You took out well, easy pickings too. I mean, it was being right. <laughs> held by Bib Fortuna. Give me a break, <laughs> right? So you go right back to there because obviously he likes that place. He knows that place. It's home to him. And then he finds a lovely little cantina where he has a little meet and greet with the establishment's owner. No, we're not here for drinks. We have business with Garza Quit. Garza. <laughs> Like this is good. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like your helmet serviced and clean while you wait for Madame Garson? Always get your helmet no. serviced if you have sure. the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Here, take both of us. Boba's line here is great. It's smoother if you accept their ways. Because Fennec had just said right that to him walking in. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the sanctuary. Would you care to partake in any of our sundry offerings? Maybe another time. I'm here to talk business. Then business it is. Would you like your Gamorreans hosed down and fed Mm -hmm. while we are sequestered? No, 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 it's fine. This one too. This one too, right here. Mm -hmm. This is Master Assassin Fennec Shan. I like that title. Master Assassin. I have replaced Bib Mm -hmm. Fortuna. Apologies, I didn't see your litter. I wasn't carried on a litter. I walk on my own two feet. Apologies. I'm just here to introduce myself and assure you that your uh, business will continue to thrive under my watchful eye. Thank you, Lord. A little clap of the hands. Thank you for the gracious introduction for making the long journey to visit our establishment. It is our little slice paradise. I'll bet it wasn't that far. You are always welcome. As it is yours now. <laughs> this part's great. Huh. Yours looks shinier than mine. <laughs> He's got this full helmet of full of helmet envy. Full of credits, yeah. <laughs> Was uh loaded. Um but as you can clearly hear, she's um the establishment is yours now, basically, so I'm paying you. You're the new crime boss. 
So uh, here you go. Here's some money. Max Rebo returns. <laughs> he survived. Yeah, buddy. Also, yeah, buddy. Can we talk about how ridiculous it is that they have Astromex serving drinks? Like the droids with no hands. <laughs> well, or the fact that they like are made for starships and they can calculate hyperspace routes and do all this like intense shit and they're oh, serving it's beneath drinks. them. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's like I have this iPhone that can do all that has more computer power than the stuff that got us to the moon, and I'm looking at pictures of cats. <laughs> good point. Yes. Is there point. a is there a drink serving droid though? Like, is there a one designed just for that? Uh, I feel like we've heard about service droids. There was one on what was that the. The transport in um, was it episode two, and he it basically yells at R two to get away. But I think he was like cooking, he was like chopping food or something uh, on the the transport ship that uh, Anakin and Padme were on. But I can't. Other than that, I don't like other than R two serving drinks on Jabba's ship. I can't. You know what I mean? That was it's a like, bad decision too. Even the waitress uh, droid oh. in uh, Dex's diner. Oh, that's true. Yes, good point. True. Yep, very true. So, yeah, we get uh, a nice cantina meeting, and then after that, they get jumped. Uh, the uh, Twi'leks are everywhere on this planet. Um, they are holding high positions everywhere, and everywhere, not so high really. positions. They're everywhere. Um, yeah, do you want your Gamorreans hosed down? So and rude. Scrubbed How while dare she? You wait. Uh, it. I mean, it's, I, I just think the Gamorians as a whole are just looked down just upon. Re- as well, a, there's quite a few species that are just like not really respected yeah. the way others are. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. So, um, and then I think that the, we get um, that's when they get jumped outside uh, the city by uh, by the by that group. And then uh, I did have one little audio clip here on part of the flashback that uh, Kyle had mentioned earlier when we're in the desert with Boba and the Rodian and the kid digging for the... That snitch. What are, what are they called? Rodian. The black flowers. Um, whatever those yeah, were. Water uh, gourd yeah. things. Yeah. Before they undig the giant monster. Here we go. We could have both escaped if you didn't sound the alarm. If you kept your snout closed, we can get to anchor head. I can get us off world. I could also strangle you with this ankle chain and <laughs> feed your leg to the watchdog. The stupid buckle buckle scheme. Oh, that you understand, huh? Me and Pisca stupid poodle. Keep it down. <laughs> Quiet. And right about there is where he uncovers the giant whatever that thing was. Yeah, they didn't give that it a name. Frightening. That's annoying to me. Goro. Oh, <laughs> as josh calls him goro um yeah that thing was just frightening it was uh that was as far as like a star wars creature that's quite i don't, I don't want to what do i want to say like uh just quite scary it was that creature whatever it was was that creature you like a like reek huh? meh meh reek was okay uh, the next two meh that thing frightening it definitely, really I did not, it was disconcerting the way it had 
uh, three sets of appendages and the middle set where it could be arms or legs. Like sometimes it was standing on them and sometimes it was using them to grab stuff. Uh, that was very yeah. off-putting. It was definitely very Ray Harryhausen-esque uh, who did a lot of the stop-motion animation stuff with um, with the Voyage, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts, Clash of the Titans. If you've ever seen any of those movies, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, it was really cool, though, how they did it. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but just yeah, it looked a, great. a frightening creature. Yeah. And the score was awesome creature. when when uh, Boba Fett was on the back of it and he was standing up in slow motion with the twin sons in the background and he's got the chain in his hand. It was very, very, very cinematic. It was very awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in this episode, we see Boba Fett as a leader instead of kind of the right hand man or maybe getting odds and end jobs. But it was interesting to hear differing views between Boba and Fennec on leadership, right? And, and how they felt, <clears throat> excuse me, they felt they should lead. You know, Boba's trying to quote unquote lead with respect, where, you know, he's sparing the Gamorrean guards who obviously pledge allegiance to him. Um, after he spared them and Kyle I think you mentioned it on the live stream that that dividend paid off right immediately away yeah when when they came and re- saved him from uh from the group attacking him uh he didn't kill the major domo because he realizes he works for the mayor um and then he didn't use a vessel he didn't use the the what is it, the vessel or whatever to travel around Mos Espa he walked mm-hmm. trying to to be among the people to say look I'm not I'm not trying to be mean or a jerk right off the bat and just flaunt myself everywhere. I'm trying to show you I'm a man of the people. How do you guys think that's going to work out over time with Boba trying to lead that way versus how Fennec is trying to lead? For that matter, he also did not uh, whoop up on the the Tuscan kid that was watching over him when he was escaping, too. That was another mm-hmm. thing. Like He held the, the gaffy stick over him and... and you could see he chose not to hit him and, and run off. Uh, but yeah. I think as much as it's a reflection of Boba, I think it's also a reflection of Fennec and that that's just like, that's her response to everything. Like she's just a, well, we'll just kill him. You do what I say, or I'm going to pull the trigger. She's an assassin. That's what he calls her. Like, I think that's like her only move. She doesn't have, there is no diplomacy. There is no long game. There's like, she's living by the gun and dying by the gun. Like, I think that's just yeah. her thing. Um, but I think this is going to be, this is an evolution of, for him. Like I said, he's, he's getting older. He, I think he wants to like, to some degree, I think he wants to be in charge, but I think he just doesn't want to be in on the run all the time. And I don't think he wants to be fighting for his life all the time. So like, uh, the easiest way to not have to fight is to not pick a fight, right? So if you mm-hmm. can avoid it, but he's still willing to step up and do what needs to be done. He, you know, he fought back for himself. Uh, he defended himself when he had to. He had no problem using his wrist rocket launcher to blow the guy off the side <laughs> of the wall. Uh, so I, I think as long as he's still able to back it up when he has to, I, I think there's no reason he can't, you know, rule the way he's choosing to. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, as a follow-up, do you do you think that that maybe how you just kind of described that 
do you think that's a reflection on maybe Boba's age versus Fennec's age in this world? I mean, in real life, they're not that far apart age-wise, but here I think Boba is significantly older than what Fennec is uh, in age in this show. Is that not? Is that not? I don't think so, because don't, she's an adult were, when she saves Omega. But he's also, uh, he's been in this life, he's wise beyond his years, too, you know, because he was... Mm-hmm. He was running with a bounty hunter crew during the Clone Wars when he was like a, a, an actual child still. So even if they are both, what, in their 40s or 50s, then he's been a bounty hunter for that entire mm. time. And Fennec probably didn't pick it up until she was like 20 or something. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But also so it's more like the upbringing and the experience over time that has led to that the places that they are mentally now. And I think they're, they're making his trip in, into the Sarlacc as a, as a, a literal turning point. His escape from that, I think is a rebirth. And so he, he survived, which he shouldn't have, you know? So he was born again on the sands of Tatooine there. He was stripped of his armor uh, and he was held prisoner and he was weakened. And, and I think we're going to see him, kind of regain his physical strength. I think we're going to see him. We had already started, but I think he'll continue to gain respect in this Tuscan tribe um, and, and kind of be accepted by them. And then he's going to become this, this crime boss of, uh, of Tatooine. And we're going to see him kind of grow. He was beaten down and now he's grown into this different person. So I, I, I think it was like this event that we saw at the the very beginning at the opening more than the you know his lifetime of experience you know what i mean i think he had like a mm-hmm. near death stripped down to nothing and now he's kind of rebuilt himself in in a slightly newer way or that that's you know that's what i'm getting from it gotcha gotcha josh what do you think what's uh whose methods better phoenix or boba's I mean, I think it's gonna it's gonna end up being a uh, a hybrid, good cop, bad cop. He's gonna he's gonna do things the peaceful way until he doesn't, you know, just like Kyle said, until he has to be uh, more severe and take uh, Fennec's route. Um, I don't know. I feel I feel like Kyle <laughs> Kyle laid it out pretty succinctly. No, that's good. That's good. It'll be real interesting to see that first meeting between Boba and the mayor because clearly they've caught one of the henchmen. Yeah, and the henchman's going to basically say, "Yeah, I work for the mayor." They're going to go to the mayor. He's going to throw his henchman back at him, and he's going to be like, "Look, bro, why, why, what did I do to you? Like, why, why you got to do this? Like, I'm trying to be different than Bib and Jabba, and this is what you do. You didn't even give me a chance. So it'll be, it'll be real interesting to see how that first meeting between the two goes. In this episode, there were lots of callbacks um, to things that we have seen on Tatooine before. Um. It, it's it always comes up whether it feels I, I think in some of these episodes whether it was Mandalorian or this or other or other shows that sometimes it feels forced that there's callbacks and other times it feels more natural right when we refer to things that we saw from A New Hope or whatever it may be did you guys feel um, that it, it, how they did some of the things Max Rebo uh, the callback to Anchorhead. Um, things like that. Did you feel like they were forced in this episode or did you feel like it was more just kind of a natural 
flow with the show and how things went because we're still kind of in that time period after ROTJ. I mean, it's no, I think, I think that's the kind of stuff makes sense. Like if, if we're watching a, 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 a movie that's set in Flint and they say, Oh, my brother lives in Detroit. We're not going to go, Oh, they forced that in there. Like <laughs> Anchorhead is a, we know Anchorhead's a settlement on Tatooine. They're in a city we've already seen before, even though it looked different in the prequels. Um, yeah. You know, it, I, I, I feel like nine out of 10 things that people say, Oh, this is, this reference is forced. It's like, no, it's not that they're existing inside of this universe. Of course, they're going to reference other things that, that we've heard about before like we're we're all of the stories that we know about star wars take place in like this one family and people that are like in the orbit of that family so of course we're going to hear a lot of the same places and references and people mm-hmm. i 100% agree with you i think the the difference with the mandalorian uh the specifically the episode where he went back to tatooine that had a uh, Toro, Cal- Toro Callahan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, Tommy Callahan, where we, yeah, where we first met Fennec Shand and all that stuff. Uh, I think that one felt a little more shoehorned because at the time, uh, Din Djarin was was flying all over the galaxy. He's going to all these different planets, and then we're like, up, oh, gotta go to Tatooine when he could have literally gone anywhere else, anywhere, anywhere we know of or don't know yeah. of. And I think we know yeah. now that that all happened to set up Fennec and Boba finding her uh, and both of them being reborn on the sands of Tatooine. And then we see Boba Fett show up later with her, blah, blah, blah. And I think that all kind of makes a little more sense in hindsight. Uh, But yeah, I think that was the difference. This, you know, it's about Boba Fett. It starts with him coming out of the Sarlacc pit, which we know is on Tatooine because that's from the movies. And like, uh, of course... So we're here and you know, yeah. there's twin sons and there's Moss Espa and there's the Cantina band and these things are just here because they're here. So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see if I could go back and rewatch that Mandalorian episode if it would feel any different after seeing this one or if it would still feel kind of that same way. I'd, I haven't gone back to rewatch it, but I'm I'm curious now as to what it might look and sound like in comparison to this. I, I think it I think it still is like grown. Of course, they went back to Tatooine of all the places in the galaxy. They could have made up a brand new planet. We could have gone to any planet. I think that'll always be that way, you know, but, but like we forced Din Jaren to go to that planet. He could have gone anywhere, but I think yeah. for the larger story, we understand why he needed to be there for us to get back to these characters. So even if it was a little bit of a contrivance, I think it was worth it. Yeah, agreed. What? Uh, any overall thoughts on, on this episode as a whole, on the first episode of Book of Boba Fett? I wish it was longer. Agreed. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought the way they did the the flashbacks mixed with the current time is great. They were those two timelines were visually different, um, but, th- but thematically they were similar. Thematically in line, yeah, that was yeah. really really cool. Um, I hope we keep getting more about Boba with the with the Tuscans. I think that's really interesting. Him 
learning how to become that like kind of master of the desert that we saw him as um in the mandalorian when we first saw him you know carrying the gaffy stick and just being like kind of a lone wanderer out there uh when we saw at the beginning of this episode he's literally dying and didn't know how to do anything out there uh so I, I think that'd be really cool to see that progression and learn more about the Tuscans. I think they've got a lot going on. They've got a whole culture that we don't really know about. Um, that stuff's all interesting to me. Yeah. I think it was a, a real humbling experience for him in the first standoff he had with the Tuscan and the gaffy stick, the warrior that he faces. Um, and, you know, he's got this little stick and and the warrior just puts it to him and he's just, the warrior's like, well, you don't have your fancy armor. You don't have anything without it and just gets beaten up. And I think that's a very humbling experience. When you go back to the Mandalorian episodes and you look at when he first jumps over that rock, right? And beats the stormtrooper. He's very with nice stick. with the gaffy goes, stick at that point. He goes off with that gaffy stick and then gets suited up in his armor. Like, remember he was trying to get it back in the first place. So he just take goes to town on stormtroopers with a stick then gets suited up and then just wreaks more havoc on the rest of them. That's why I think we're going to see him kind of get accepted into this tribe and, and kind of become one of the Tuscans, uh, if not like fully accepted as part, at least uh, respected, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I have a little thing that apparently a gaffy stick, which is, it's correct to call that, and that's what we all call it, but that is short for a gadderfi. G Gaderfi G A D E R F F I I stick, which is a bladed club that the Tuscans use. And there's a lot of different versions of it. I noticed that the younger kids, uh, theirs did not have like the point or any of the blades. It was more of just like a, like a shillelagh almost just kind of a club. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the, the head guy, he had like multiple layers of blades on his. His was like extra fancy. There was all kinds of different ones. Yeah, it was uh, mat- the maturity of it is pretty cool. I thought Kylo Raid uh, had a s- his was a sword at first because when he pulls it out, it goes, <sighs> it does like the unsheathing sound. Do you like Kylo Raid better than Darth Raidvin? Uh, yes, I do like it better. I'm still not sold on it, but I do like it better. It's, <laughs> it is better, yeah. yes. It's a step yes. in the right direction. Um, We're still workshopping. Yeah. If, if you missed the live stream, Josh dropped that little nugget uh, during the live stream on Wednesday of last week, and we told him to come up with a better name, basically. <laughs> and His, that's what we got. That guy's outfit Kylo looks kind of like Darth Revan, so I was calling him Darth yeah. Raidvin. Also, yeah. if you missed the live stream... Don't do that Still next time. Come, see it. <laughs> Come to the live stream. No. Uh, this Friday, 8.30, uh, next li- our next live stream Eastern. covering episode two. You're welcome Eastern. no matter where you are. 8.30 Eastern. And we, have a, we have a guest on this Friday. So come join us, find out who the guest is, and have some fun. And, and have adult beverages maybe on a Friday night, or water, or whatever you like to drink. Tea. The yeah, guest whatever. is Mark Hamill. <sighs> Just kidding. It could be I though. Wish. You'll only know if you come, if you tune in. <laughs> yeah, you'll only know who it is. I think I'm, that's setting <laughs> people up for disappointment, no matter who yeah. it is. Yeah, that's no joke. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think I'd flip out if he just popped into the chat and said something. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like, oh my god. You um, said Mark Hamill, so not guys, Dominic Pace. 
<laughs> what uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys like in this episode? What are some of the likes? Uh, Josh, I'm gonna start with you. What are some of the likes that you had from uh, first episode of Book of Boba Fett? Um, I like Boba Fett. No. <laughs> um, Get out. Well, so uh, Kyle uh, mentioned it in the synopsis, but man, finally seeing Boba Fett escape from the Sarlacc pit. And it being in live action and not reading it in a book and it's canon again. I mean, it was, you know, we we had a, it was like a really emotional thing that Boba Fett was canon again. And then like getting to see this as part of the story is another thing that it's just mm-hmm. chef's kiss. Uh, I, I did like, we've talked about, I liked that there was more diversity with the Tusken Raiders. And I'm interested to uh, find out more about that. I like the use of flashbacks to tell the story. I hope they don't do that mm-hmm. the whole series. I'm hoping it's maybe like the first half and then maybe they've told that story right. and we can mm-hmm. go forward. But, you know, I'm I also have faith that they if if they have to do it the whole time then I'm I'm sure that they will do it okay. You know, do it masterfully. So, mm-hmm. uh I like the callbacks to the the prequel trilogy at the beginning, the you know, Camino in live action for the first time yeah. in a long time, and then we got that uh, helmet scene from the from Geonosh, uh from the Geonosian arena, and mm-hmm. uh, that was very cool because it was like a different shot, different it's angle, used footage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, there's a there's a lot of cool stuff. I I I I, I, I joked and said that I didn't like that it was so short, and I think I just get butt hurt because I see that. Hawkeye, you know, Hawkeye gets 50 minutes and I'm like, yeah. Hawkeye is like the C hero on the C team that they only made movies about because the X-Men were licensed to Fox. That's true. I know. <laughs> it's all true. It's facts. I knew you'd agree with me. Um, I, will say, I did like the Hawkeye series though. It was I've heard really it's good. good. I've heard it's good. It's so really far. good. The uh, end is great. I'm just you like, can make a on. good show about a weak hero, but go on. Yeah. Um, the, honestly, the only thing that I didn't like maybe i'm jumping ahead should i wait no you're good go ahead let it roll let it go well one i don't like people on it because boba fett has a humanity and nuance yeah screw you Um, guys i don't want boba fett to be a mary sue in armor who's infallible and nothing can happen to him i i want a real character um i don't like the theme really really i don't like so the the melody chorus vocal thing i hate that Dum de dum dum de dum dum dum. No, you know what it reminds me of the Mormon episode of of uh, South Park. <laughs> Joseph Smith looked in the hat. Dum 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 dum. Like I oh I, I, yeah. And it's funny. I love the me- like I love the melody. I love the music. I just I could mm-hmm. I could I could go without the making it into a Viking pirate uh, shanty. Geez. I was going to say, the it did sound shanties a little are so hot right sea now. Sea shanty though. is. It, they are. And I don't, what's his name? There's um, a guy that does Star Wars sea shanties. Uh, so, Rowan the Bard, maybe, I think is his name. I don't know. You go find him on YouTube, but uh, he actually does Star Wars sea shanties, which are actually pretty entertaining. So, uh, good point. Um, yeah, it was, you're right, Josh. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are giving it like they, I, they feel like they didn't it didn't propel the story much, but you got the backstory of Boba Fett that a lot of people wanted to see. And if you are a true Boba Fett fan and were waiting on that, then you got what you wanted. And that's that was good. I enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was great. But I think a lot of people were like, well, it wasn't action packed enough and it didn't advance the story. And it's 
Just about Boba. Well, yeah, the the show is called Book of Boba Fett. It's about Boba Fett. There, what did you expect it to be about? There's just it's there's just no pleasing people. You know, no. if no. if he's standing there and having you know killer Mandalorian fights for the whole time, then you know there's no character work. If if we get all character stuff, there's not enough action. If we you know mm. it, it's just like you're not. It's a series, guys. Let's wait until the whole season is over and let's yeah. see how you feel about the whole package. Like. No single episode is the whole thing. Like that's it's crazy to me. And I th- it did progress the story. You know, we're learning about where he stands in in the political climate of Tatooine and how he got there. And uh, you know, I, I don't whatever. Critics, <laughs> I feel these you, damn I feel critics you. out there. <laughs> um, Kyle, what were some of the things that you liked uh, from Book of Boba? Uh, I loved the Camino and Geonosis as well. Those were great. Um, mm-hmm. the escape from the Sarlacc as well. That was very cool to see. I like how he pulled the the oxygen tube or breathing tube or whatever from the stormtrooper and shoved it up into his helmet to get a a good breath there. Um, I liked seeing the beginning of that story we saw in the Mandalorian where Cobb Vanth got the armor from the Jawas. Now we saw the Jawas get the armor from Boba Fett before that, uh, which I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we knew how it happened, but sort of like Josh was saying, you know, we, we knew he got out of the Sarlacc pit too, but it's still cool to see it on screen and see all that stuff come full circle. Uh, him getting suited up in the armor, like a knight getting suited up by a squire, except he had droids. I thought that was, that was a, awesome. a very cool scene that too, awesome. with some nice uh, music to it. Um, the dark, empty palace, Jabba's palace. They kind of panned through it at the very beginning. There was no no people. It was just just the empty palace that was really. It was like haunting and kind of beautiful. Um, I, I already mentioned that back to tank. It reminded me of, of, uh, Wolverine in weapon X when he's getting the adamantium <laughs> put in, he's laying in that tank. He busts out of it. It was the same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about all I've got. The twin sons through his helmet was, was a cool little touch. We've seen the twin sons a lot of times now, but through the Mandalorian helmet was cool. And, and Josh hated on the theme, but I thought the theme that played when he busted through the sand uh, as he was escaping, you mm-hmm. saw his hand punch through the sand there. I, I thought it was really good. The score was good. I just don't like the theme. The actual Boba Fett theme or Which whatever. The yeah. One, yeah. That was the one at the end, right? During yeah. During the credits. When, yeah. yeah. Which and I only, I only, I'm only labeling it as such because it was released to Spotify that way. Like yeah. they released gotcha. the, the Boba, Book of Boba Fett theme. Here it is, you know. So Yeah. Um, can no, I do my dislikes too? I had a couple dislikes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's sad to me that the Sarlacc died. I know, you know, we want our protagonist or our main character to survive, and I guess you got to do what you got to do. But I don't think there's probably a ton of them. They're pro- they are potentially endangered, so that's sad. Uh, that Rodian, he's a snitch, <laughs> bitch. Like, what is he doing? He's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> well, the worst. He didn't even, even want to escape. I don't know what he was even doing. Even if you want to stay prisoner, which, why? But I, whatever. Even if you want to stay prisoner, you're not even going to let the other guy take a take a sporting chance? Like, give me a break. He's the worst. And um, at the very end, uh, not the very, very end, but towards the end, when Fennec is chasing down the uh, the attackers, 
the, she gets she catches up to two of them on a rooftop, and they each throw one knife at her, which is weird to begin with, but she does like a crazy back handspring to dodge one and then literally dives off the roof of a building to dodge the other one, like to dodge one throwing knife. It like, it made zero sense. It was a little yeah, over. Yeah. And then, I mean, shortly after that, she like <laughs> looped around and cut him off at the pass. Like maybe that was part of her plan, yeah. but like he threw one thing at you and you, first of all, you're wearing a helmet and presumably some kind of armor and it's a throwing knife and B you dive off the roof of a building. I, I don't didn't make a lot of sense to me, but uh, but I'll admit that all three of those are either stupid uh, kind of jokes or super nitpicky. So yeah. I don't really have many complaints. Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't have a lot of dislikes with it. Again, you know, if it's if Boba Fett is not your jam, it's fine. Like I can understand how some people were upset with it. I think it provided a good history of the character that that a lot of people wanted to see. So for me. Um, that was when I just surprised that more people were like bummed about it. But, um, I liked the, uh, the first nine minutes and 22 seconds didn't have any dialogue in it whatsoever. It was other than the Jawas and the Tuscans talking a little bit, you had zero discernible dialogue, uh, mm-hmm. amongst anybody. So that was kind of cool. Just a nice little... racist to Justin to say, if you're not speaking English, you're not even talking, but. Okay. Well, I didn't have the subtitles. No, on, that's on the true. I did notice they did not subtitle the, the alien languages, and a lot of times they do, no, yeah. even if like they never tell you what they say. But correct. I wonder if they did that because uh, Boba Fett doesn't know what they're saying, so we don't know what they're saying either, or something like that. That could be. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. The various callbacks, obviously Max Rebo, the new version of the Cantina music, fantastic. Love the new vibe. Uh, digging it. Yeah. Need that album soon. No. Uh, DJ Rex in the Sanctuary the Cantina. Yeah, he was um, he was working a table, I think, because there was a lot of people getting really excited, and I don't think that's uh, they're all standing around the DJ like that. So, um, and then I don't. Did you guys catch the Boston Technologies robots walking down the yeah. streets of Mos Espa? Were those like legit, yes. the real robots? Yes, that's freaking cool. Hmm. Like, hey, this looks like Star Wars. Let's throw it in here. And it, she was like. It was like a kid herding them like sheep. It was pretty cool. I loved that. I thought that was just a nice cool. little. I didn't notice that. I, I I don't want to call it a knot or anything. It was just a R two cool dog two. Of... <laughs> it's a nice nice addition of te- modern technology into the Star Wars universe. I guess you could say so. Overall, first episode of Book of Boba Fett. I loved it. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, yeah I, I did like too. It. I can't wait to see where this series goes. I I have one note on the Rodian. Um, so Rodia is a swampy, jungly, humid planet. He should have been so, so dry and crusty. If Boba <laughs> is as crusty as he was, they must be feeding and taking care of that Rodian, and he must have Stockholm syndrome, yeah. and that's why he's a little turd. <laughs> That's because he be. looked, he looked, I mean, God, he looked healthier than Greedo, you know? <laughs> That's <did>. true. <laughs> he did. Um, and they do, you do see Rodia in one of the episodes of Clone Wars. Didn't Jar Jar and Padme go there for something? Padme has her one she, uncle so-and-so who yeah. like yeah. backstabs her. I don't know if yeah, they were I'm on Rodia sure. in that episode, but they might have been. I think they were because Jar Jar ends up in the water underneath the palace at some point. Oh, yeah, point. that's all true. 
because the droids weren't underneath there and that's how he escaped or got away or something like that but anyway yeah solid episode can't wait to see more out of book of boba fett um yeah i dig it what anything else on on it you guys good Mm, i don't think i have anything else ready for ready for next or this week i guess next week fry dizzle yeah yeah oh yeah i'm ready and and come join us friday uh we'd love to have you guys on 8 30 eastern time uh you can find us on where where are we on now we are on youtube uh facebook live and twitch Twitch. actually can i can i read one more thing before we sign off because i thought it was funny uh I thought that that droid was AD8, the one that was introducing the people in the throne room. Uh, and his and Matt Berry character. His description is uh, a masculine Roche Hive 8D series smelter droid who was lobotomized and reprogrammed <laughs> to assist EV99, Jabba Desrelict Tears, chief of cyborg operations, in terrorizing the droid pool of the Hut Crime Lord's palace on the planet Tatooine. He was a lobotomized a torture droid. Incredible. Hmm. That's a heck of a job title. Yeah. Well, I guess if you can lobotomize that droid, right? Couldn't you lobotomize Astromex to only serve drinks? Which, like, what's the difference between lobotomizing and reprogramming? I, I don't know. even know what the, what uh, that means. The but. severity of the language, <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good point, Josh. Go. Good point. Well, let's uh, let's blow this thing and get on out of here, folks. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go hope you guys have enjoyed our review of the book of boba fett episode one stranger in a strange land um just quick shout out to everybody that that joined us on wednesday's live stream we had a blast with you guys on wednesday we look forward to doing it again this friday 8 30 eastern time come join us invite your friends have them come on we usually have a pretty good time and we have a special guest this week so please tune in check us out um you can catch our podcast anywhere you can find podcasts um it's always out there you can find us anywhere on social media facebook twitter instagram at outer and beacon you can email us outer beacon at gmail.com my name is justin you can find me on twitter at i am the bendu where can they find you guys at this is josh you can find me on instagram twitter and venmo at battle of tanab and since justin mentioned it during the show you can find my band former critics on spotify and at formercritics.bandcamp.com. Boom. What are you playing, Josh? Bass? Bass. Slapping the bass. Slapping the bass, man. Uh, this is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter, Instagram, and Venmo, and I am not in a band. So check yeah. out Josh. <laughs> yes. Go uh, check out Josh. <laughs> we hope you guys have enjoyed. As always, may the force be with you. For light and life, we are the Nihil. Later. Bye.